Yes, indeed. We're back. You haven't gotten rid of us yet. It's the Causeway Kings here on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network. Happily being brought to you by all sorts of fine people. Uh, this episode, I want to give a little shout out to Linda and George over at Ma Riley's in Weymouth. They haven't officially sponsored this, but you know what? We love them and they're awesome people. So shout out to them. Joined always by Adam Clance. How you doing, coach? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Uh, you know, still going crazy with the three kids. Um, but today, to, to me, today feels like Christmas because it is officially the start of the NHL season. Whoop, whoop. And from what from oh. what I've seen so far in the Rangers Lightning game and the moves that Zabanajad is making to get a goal for the Rangers, it's going to be one hell of a season to watch, boys. That's all I know. Yeah, buddy. We're also joined, of course, by Gordo, returning champ. How we doing, bro? Gentlemen, um, what was last weekend? What was the holiday? Is it Columbus? Columbus, Columbus Day. Day. Yep. That, oh, that, that was yesterday. <laughs> youth that was yesterday right yeah youth hockey yeah. uh torture weekend like you wouldn't believe man Oof. i think i think i was in a hockey rink for three straight days but house of dragons i'm caught up i know you guys are excited <laughs> to hear about that oh, i gotta hear all about it uh, can't wait i definitely want to talk about parents gone wild massachusetts yes person. oh yeah we got and, that uh, and then you know obviously like clance just said nhl's kicked off bruins caps tomorrow Fired up. I got my DVR set. I'm actually going to watch Bruins hockey this year. Wow. There I, got, it is. I got a fucking bone to pick with the Braintree Hockey Board of Directors that I'm on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Scheduling. Hold, hold, hold the fireworks. Hold, hold, hold. We still got to say hey to Merrill, and then we're going to let Clance loose first because it's got to happen. <laughs> Merrill joins us for the first time, and congratulations, Papa Bear. How you doing? Great to be on, guys. I just want to say, um, you know, it's been a fucking whirlwind of a 72 hours. Let me tell you, it, it is, but it, it is amazing that, uh, you know, I'm a father now and, uh, you know, it, it, my wife, uh, Katie is an absolute saint. Um, I mean, it, you know, I know this is a hockey podcast, but we could do 25 minutes on this whole story of, of what happened between my wife being hospitalized for a month, letting the baby marinate a little more, you know, to get it to the point where, uh, she could be, uh, she could be born without any, any issues and, uh, she's doing great. And, um, you know, she's at the hospital now with the great people of, uh, South shore medical center, but I I don't want to hold up the, uh, the hockey talk too much. We can get in more of a, being a, being a dad in a little bit. I hope, I am not a crazy hockey parent. If so, if I am, uh, Gordo and Clance will smack the shit out of me and probably hold my finger up to the top of the penalty box so I can have my finger ripped out like that poor bastard <laughs> uh, weeks ago. <laughs> so let's get into wow. it, guys. You are 1,000% correct, Merrill, because the shit that has gone on that I've seen on the internet, it's just disturbing, wrong, and the parents should be ashamed of themselves. But before I get going on that, yes, bone back back to my previous rant. Everyone obviously listens to Chicklets, and RA has his little session of what grinds my gears. Well, Braintree Youth Hockey Board of Directors, who I love, which I'm a part of, you know, I'm the director of the Learn to Play. So God help the future of Braintree Youth Hockey. <laughs> um, you know, we we have an, you know a monthly meeting that you know we get together and talk and whatever. This month they decided to plan it on the night of the fucking Bruins season opener. Oh, are you kidding me on? Are you you fucking kidding me? What? Like, we're all hockey guys, right? We all we're all there for reasons. We love the game. But no, 
can't watch the fucking Bruins season opener because of the goddamn meeting. Is it a meeting to have the meeting while you watch the Bruins season opener? Because that would make sense. I would fucking hope so. It's at the Sons of Italy, so I got to imagine. They got TVs. They better be Bruins. I I mean, it's probably a 1984, like, black and white tube TV. Very expensive, by the way. I... (laughs) Let's be honest. That that was a that was a ploy by whoever scheduled that thing for a boys' night out with some beers. No wise. Come on. You would hope. Who are you kidding? You got a bone to pick. Give me a break. You may not have a bone to pick by the end of this, but we shall see. Just like your challenge to Derek Forbert. We gotta find out if this is ever gonna materialize. Yeah. Come on, come on, Leadfoot Forbert. I wanna race you now that I got my new fully customized true skates which I wore for the first time last weekend, just me and my boy Jack down in the ice. And I got to tell you, you know, had the normal soreness of breaking in new skates, but there is nothing like that I've ever had on my feet before than having those skates on. Wow. I was buzzing. Pain-free? Pain-free, buddy. I could actually walk from the bench to the locker room and not feel like my ankles or my feet were going to absolutely explode. Wow. By the way, speaking of it was it's Jack's birthday today, isn't it? I was just gonna say it is. It yeah. is my uh, my oldest boy turned five today. It's, uh, Happy birthday! It's 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 crazy awesome. that I look. I, you know, Meryl, you just went through it. You know, with your first child, and Gordo, you've been through it twice. Like I look back, I'm like, wow, five years ago, this this happened. This little ball of joy came into my life, and it's the greatest thing in the world. It really is. And I, it's hard to believe that I now am a father of a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a fucking seven-week-old. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. right. Your youngest one. Seven weeks already? Really? Yeah. yeah. You got a whole line going. I do. Sure. I do. I'm actually hoping I have, like, a few live golf tour players instead of well, let's Let's well, all hope when, when your sons get there and they start playing and you've got them all going through, they're all going full-time hockey, that the hockey parents – of today right now and i would say for the last mm, i mean forever but it seems like the last several years out of control man mm-hmm. out of control let's talk about that because got, parents we, we have absolutely been out of control i saw uh i think it was actually rink shrinks that posted this and gordo you're gonna love this one it was a uh, 10 under game girls and a minor as a referee another girl was literally put to tears to her locker room and required all the literally the the players the under 10 under 10 let's just i can't emphasize that enough under 10 players she didn't finish had to the go game. find out yeah. uh, you had to go check on her because they felt that bad about it what yeah. happened Gordo, so if i remember correctly this was lounsbury's team correct this, yeah so this is you guys have had lounsy on the pod and good buddy of mine and he that was his daughter's team wow terrible uh, and i think he had posted something on twitter and i mean you know this isn't that this is not like it's like you know a one-off thing this is like this has been happening i mean the the ref shortage right now i don't i mean i mean i haven't really checked in on it this past year but you know obviously covid did a did a number on you know, there was a lot of guys still kicking around that had been reffing forever. And I think because of COVID, that kind of weeded out a lot of those guys that were probably hanging you know, on. Yeah, hanging on, probably looking to get out. And that kind of gave them an excuse. And now we've got, you know, 
um, this just insanity with parents now. Um, you know, I, I think that team was out of Philly, maybe. If I read, I think I read that. Yeah, um, I believe so. I, I thought yeah. it was Pennsylvania. So yeah. So not not totally surprised there, but I mean, just a, just in general, I mean, you know, there there's so many things with hockey in general that you know it's just a it's a, it's a really tough thing to navigate through but you know i feel like some of the refs have gotten emboldened a little bit and they now have this some guys have this like power trippy thing kind of going on so um you know but that being said there's also a lot of new referees because of the shortage and, you know, and then you get in this situation and you got a young kid that's just trying to make some money and get involved and help and give back. And, you know, she's getting screamed at by idiot parents. I mean, it's just it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Did you see that the, the referee's dad sent out a tweet? I saw that. that uh, and then he had he said something. He said something along the lines to the, the parent that literally like put the daughter over the edge to get off the edge and cry was like, that was my daughter. Like, I hope you're happy. And the parent looked at him and she goes, I absolutely am. Yeah. Yeah. Did my job. Like what an animal. What an animal. It's fucking, it's a disgrace. If I was the kid, the the child of that parent that caused that girl to quit, quit refing hockey, like Gordo said, just out there trying to make some money, hard earned money. I would be embarrassed if that was my parent. Well, I mean, I'm sure the kids were. I mean, it's it's been going on obviously for a, a you know since the dawn of sports, really. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, right? We all get it, but at the same yeah, time, I mean, like, there's plenty of people out there who can control their emotions enough to not freak out like that at children. Lo and behold, anybody else, but like at their children. Well, this yeah, is why yeah. you see altercations too at rinks. I remember the guy on the North Shore that actually. Two parents got in a fight, and one guy killed another guy. I, I yeah. you, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's just been, it's amplified now too because of social media, and it's just, uh, it's just awful to see. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Gordo, but I just, I saw that, and it just makes you sick to your stomach. It's like, yeah, it's, and, it's unfathomable. And you hit it on the, the nail on the head, Merrill. It's all over social media, and people would rather pull out their phones and videotape it than actually try to intervene and stop it. Yeah. Well, I don't, I think social media just in general, I mean, I don't want to get all like, you know, politically insane about this thing, but you know, especially in the U S like all the social media platforms, they're geared towards kids. They're, they're geared towards just dumb shit. Right. I mean, barstool, like all that stuff, like, you know, they've got some good shows and they've got some good, you know, stuff to listen to and to watch, but you know, it's just like, it's like, every I see all these kids just post shit and they like glorify just the dumbest crap. Yep. Uh, so that, that kind of starts there. I mean, you want to talk about parents, the kids now, I, I, I was at a game yesterday. I won't say where, and I won't say what teams I was watching, but um, a, a kid spit on another player. Really? Yeah. So um, I, I don't think the referees are on the ice yet. It was like in between periods. I think the teams had just come back out. Something was said. One guy spit on another guy, and wow. uh, and the. Can you I at th- least say what age group it was. How 
yeah, how old? No, I don't want to. I don't want to give away anything. Yeah, but no, don't. That's. I, I was. I was at a game. I was uh, a, a buddy of mine's son was playing, and uh, it was in between my my kids' games, so I, I took a ride over, and um, the kid got. I guess what happened? The he somebody the kids a kid on the other team said something to him, called him something derogatory. He spit on the kid, and then. Like on his jersey, on his face, on like I don't on that him, I don't just, know, but he so the kid that, that it makes a difference. On, well, the kid that got spit on went to his coach, said, "Hey, that that kid over there just spit on me." So the coach went over to the other coach, "Hey, one of your guys just spit on my guy," and the coach asked the player, and the kid admitted to it, and wow, the coach said, "The coach said, see you later, bye." So I watched the kid exit the ice, and you know, upset, but like, dude, you can't fucking spit on somebody. Nah, at no. least he did the right thing and fessed up and owned up to it. I mean, good God, like could have been but worse. But it's just like the, like the, it's, you know, again, it goes back to like, I don't know, this world's just going soft, man. Like if you, you play hockey, guys are going to talk shit to you. Like if, if you can't handle that, then you're in the wrong fucking sport. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to keep your shit together. You got to keep your composure. Like that's, that's just like idiotic. And then it, you know, now it's trickling. It's it's just everywhere, man. Like the disrespect, it's terrible disrespect to coaches, disrespect to, to referees from the coaches um, at the youth level is like insane. I go to some of these games and even my games this weekend, like I had to coach a game against a team from Connecticut and we got put, you know, the, we got scheduled a game on a, like the mini ice one bench. So we're like sharing a bench with the other team. Oh, that's got, a great idea. Oh, dude, it was, it was like, I'm like, yep, not ever doing this again. Um, and the guy for the entire game, just screaming and yelling. And like, I, it was weird. Cause I, I almost felt like I had to talk loud and, you know, scream at my kids just to be heard, just to be heard. Cause there was just so much chaos going on. And then we had a young ref as well. Parents who go, the game got super physical. It was a mic game, like little guys. Game got very physical, super out of control, like, you know, but the kid was inexperienced and, you know, I didn't, we, I, no, nothing was said to the ref afterwards, but, you know. It wasn't handled I mean, correctly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, like, it's a daunting thing, like to, for a kid to just ref a game period. Right. Cause there's so many rules and, you know, like, especially for a young kid, like that girl, she's probably not, you know, how old is she? I think like I think, four, I, I, I think she was like 14 or 15 yeah. years old. I was going to say like 14 or 15, right? So she doesn't have that much time experience playing the game, right? First she's of all. Young, yeah. And she's a young kid. She's trying to figure it out. And it's just hard enough just to, you know, call a game. She's nervous. You have adults coaching both teams. And, um, you know, just knowing Lounsey, like there's not much going to be said there from him. You know, he knows, he knows the deal. He's just there trying to develop players and, and help his girls get better. But I don't, and I, I don't know what the other coach was saying or doing, but um, you know, it, it has to be a, just an awful thing for a kid, you know, and, and for adults for that matter. Like I, I just, I know if I ref that there's no way I'd tolerate, you know, no. I, and the referees do now have some authority to, you know, I think some of them kind of go overboard with it, and I, th- I that's the hard part. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like, what what do you mean with that authority? 
I just think like, you know, there, there's, there's certain, you know, I've, I've seen some games where some refs where the coach really didn't say anything that, you know, disparaging or just, you know, was trying to get answers to a question and the refs, I've seen some refs be like, I'm not talking to you. I'm not doing this. And, you know, if oh, you don't that, like it, right. and then there's a couple of things said, and then the ref throws the coach out. So, which I think that's ridiculous. So, um, you know, but then you had the incident, was that two years ago where the, the guy just walked on the ice and just cold cocked the ref yep, down, yep. down at the bog. <laughs> so like, it's, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's just tough all around the board. So like, my question is what is, you know, I mean, that was an out of state team. I guess if it was like a mass team versus a mass team, maybe mass hockey would have to step in, but you know, like, I, I don't like what USA hockey, they make a post today about, you know, culture and, you know, treating everybody with respect. And like, I just don't think that's really, I feel like there should be some, you know, if a kid spits on another player, if a kid does something super egregious and injures a player, if, you know, you're screaming and yelling and yet, you, you know, at a 15 year old girl who is tr- trying to, you know, do her best and ref a game, like, I, I think you should be done. They should never coach again. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be another person. You know, the word. I think that has to come from USA Hockey, though. Oh, it has oh, to. I agree. It has to come from the top. How much what? you want to bet if this keeps happening within like the next year or so, you're going to see like a strike with like mass hockey and referees? We mean I think the referees are, I think left. It, I think it's already getting pretty close to getting there already. The the worst part about the parent situation, you know, basically verbally abusing the referees. Is it's at the youth level? Starts young. You, you you don't really see, like. I personally don't see it at the high school level, but no. at the same time, I have a preseason meeting every year with all my players as well as all my parents, and I am extremely candid with my parents, and I tell them I have a few rules as the coach of your kid. One, you do not interfere with my coaching. These they're in high school, they're young men. This is a job for me. I take it very serious. And I have I have said to parents before, if you are a doctor, I'm never going to interfere with you and tell you how to operate on somebody. If you're a finance guy, you sure as hell don't want me telling you where to put your money yeah. because you're going to be broke in a month. But and then my next rule is you do not scream at the referees during the game. I will personally come over and ask you to leave. I have yelled at I did it. Ben, I did it to Needle's dad. I remember for the Vikings two years ago. I was standing right there screaming at the ref and I yelled from the bench and I told him to shut his mouth or he's out of here. I remember. I heard it. I seen it. And you know what? The message you know? was received and Clancy because you got it right. You know, that's how you, it's got to be about respect. And if respect is not being fostered first and foremost in this game, especially to the kids, to the youth, I don't care what level or age group it starts as soon as you can get it to them. It's got to be about Respect, boys. Just come to the rink and watch what your kid loves to do. Have fun. Mingle with the other parents. Make good memories in the rinks. Don't make bad memories. Yeah, well it's, just, it's, it's like, you know, you see all the cliche things that people post all the time about, like, you know, 
your kid being an NHL player and all this stuff. Like I, I get it, man. I ha- I have children. Like I totally would love for them to play hockey and play at a super high level. And you know, that would make me nothing. That would make me more happier than anything in the world. But I, I just like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand how you can stand up in the stands or on a field and scream and badger like a person who's, you know, I mean, you can't, I mean, you obviously refs get paid, but they're not getting paid that much money. No. You know, I mean, you, you can make good money refing. I think like, you, you know, it's, if you if you want to work an entire weekend worth of like showcase games or a tournament or something like that, you yeah, walk out of close to a thousand bucks. Yeah, sure, you can make some really good money if you hustle at it. But it's like you know some of these kids that do the lower level stuff. I don't think they make a tremendous amount of money. I think so, they get like twenty five bucks a game. Yeah, probably 30, 20, 35. thirty five. Yeah, so you're yelling at somebody that's making thirty five dollars, forty dollars to skate up and down the ice. And, you know, again, it doesn't, none, these games don't mean anything. It's like, you know, I know people want to win. Like I'm, I'm as competitive as they come, but like, I, I mean, I've been coaching for a long time when I first got into coaching and like I was coaching junior hockey. Yeah. I got, I mean, I got fined a couple of times. I probably said some stuff I probably should, you know, shouldn't have said, but mm-hmm. you know, since I've been up in this area, you know, and, and involved in youth hockey, I've never gotten kicked out of a game. You know, I, I, I've had some choice words with a referee, but I think, you know, it's I'm coming from a standpoint of, you know, I've I've seen the game. I know the game. I'm questioning the call or, you know, and I'm trying to talk to him as professional as I can. You know, if it gets loud, it gets loud. But um you know, it's never gotten to the point where I'm in an FU match with a ref and I've gotten thrown off the ice. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, it's embarrassing, man. And like, I, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like you're setting an example with the players too. Like that, that's you, you, your players are seeing that they, they, they're, you know, you're their leader. So. Yeah. Well, uh, well on the flip side, like as a coach, right. When it's like tryout season, and I've been pretty fortunate. Like I've coached a ton of youth teams and like for the, for the most part, I mean, I, I can't really remember me ever having like a wild parent that was just, you know, at any level, whether it was like an elite team or like a, you know, like a triple A type team. I've never had a parent that's like crazy, crazy, you know, off their rocker and just up and down and screaming the whole game. And, um, you know, so I've been fortunate in that aspect, but I don't know. It's just, I, I don't like, where does USA hockey go with all this? I mean, we have to go, you, Clance, you know, as a coach, like they make us go through a pretty strenuous process of being know, certified to coach. Yeah. I mean, and you got to pay, right. Mm-hmm. You got to pay your fee. You got to be a member. You've got to do coaching clinics. You got to stay up on all your modules and all this other stuff. And the coaches get held accountable. Um, you know, which I, I think is a good thing, but, and then I don't know. I just like the parent thing. I just don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I hate to say, but like you, a lot of the parents that, Oh, go ahead, Meryl. 
No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I know maybe this is this goes way overboard, but you hit them where it hurts. You say, if, if you do this as a parent, your child is booted out of, is suspended for a year for playing hockey. You can't play hockey anywhere. I mean, is that is that too harsh? I know it's taken out on the kid, but these parents, I mean, they're insane. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. I don't mean to cut you off, but just because I, I know this guy, and he's a great guy, and I've coached with him in football. He was the head coach at Cardinal Spellman, and he just resigned this week because he was physically threatened, physically threatened, and he did not feel safe walking off the field at his games. Like it is, it's totally, and this is, this is high school varsity and like, but it's, it's all one and the same. There needs to be accountability. And if the parents can't be held accountable for their act, just say, hey, listen, your kid's out of here. Your kid's suspended. He's not allowed to play on any teams. He can't transfer to here, there, everywhere. They go in a database, and it's a 365-day suspension. I, I don't know what else to do because eventually it's gonna you're going to see physical altercations if you don't already. Absolutely. I mean, I again, I don't know all the rules. Uh, you know, I, there may be some – just because I haven't been involved in it, you know, I, I don't really know, but – I feel like there's probably are some rules in place, um, you know, but it's like, Hey, if a coach, you know, I remember when I coached in Chicago, if like you had a team and I was at the time I was coaching like uh, a midget, I was coaching like a midget level age team. And if the team got, you know, X amount of penalties because, you know, they were just like an out of control team and couldn't, you know, you know how midget hockey goes, a lot of bullshit and fighting and punching and dumb stuff. And once your team got to X amount of penalties, you were, you were gone for that game and the next game. Mm-hmm. So if you, you were, you had to hope you had like a good assistant coach on the bench. I remember this one, the one season I coached that at that level there, I think both coaches, we went back and forth. Like I'd be off the bench for a game. Then the other kid, like the kids were just out of control. Like we didn't know what to do. Um, But I feel like teams should be penalized. Like, you know, whether it's a a coach that's out of control, um, obviously the coach, the coach, there are rules in place. So, um, you know, I know like mass hockey, like, you know, if a kid gets in big trouble for whatever, you know, he's going to go in front of the disciplinary board. A coach is going to go in front of the disciplinary board. But then what do you do with the parents? I feel like well, if it's a parent thing and you have a team that's like out of control and you have unruly parents and it's like a it's like a thing that happens quite often. I feel like mass hockey or USA hockey has to if they get reported by the refs, I think that should be something the ref should report and be like parents are out of control. And if it's something that kind of gets flagged and keeps popping up, you just you suspend that team and be like, you're not playing any more games or you, you're not playing the next five games. And that's going to suffer your rankings and, you know, where you fall in your league, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the, again, I mean, I don't know what the right answer is, but. It, it's I mean, you got to look like I look at it this way, right? A couple things here. One, when it comes to the crazy ass parents. Again, like I said before, it's mainly at the youth level. And typically, any kind of parents that I've had words with, not like confrontational, but like, listen, like, can't have you acting like this. Your son is eight, six years old, seven years old. It's embarrassing to him. 
97% of the time, those parents never played one minute of ice hockey. So one, they don't have a goddamn clue on what they're talking about because they don't know the game. But they, they, it's like they're living through their child, you know? Which is the case in most instances. Oh, absolutely. But now, like, if you fast forward to, like, the high school years, right, like high school games, you have the athletic director there to, you know, control the crowd, the kids, and stuff like that. Why doesn't mass hockey have a mass hockey official, you know, at, at rinks on the weekends or, or anything like that? Where you know there's going to be a slew of games going on, you, you know, you, you throw them some money, whatever. Or if you want to get really invasive with it, you have to have every kid, you have to have a USA hockey official at the rink, and every kid and their parents have to sign in. So if number 97, Johnny, his parents are being assholes up in the stands, then, you know, they go over and say, hey, you're, you're Johnny's parents. You guys have to go. You can't act like this here. You know, or is something as simple as police detail. Yeah, but I, all those things cost money. Oh, I, I get that. but and, who, and whose pocket, like, you know, you know, most of the people around these parts, like, I don't see any of the guys dipping in their pocket to have like an on-staff detail or have, you know, some pay extra money to have. I mean, a lot of people, hockey is already expensive enough. So to pay to have some, you know, and I mean, I've known some, some refereeing officials that kind of oversee stuff in this area that I don't think should be personally. So I can't imagine what they would come up with for some of the people that would, you know, again, well, once, you, once you give somebody some power over making, you know, decisions. I'm talking more of like a USA hockey official, like someone from like mass hockey, not like a referee official, but like someone yeah. that like runs these clinics or whatever that like is on the board that, you know, you like you said, like the disciplinary committee, someone there, like that to me, if nothing gets done, these referees are going to strike and there's never, there's going to be no more hockey. Yeah. Well, I think the, I don't think mass hockey has a ton of employees. If I, if I'm correct, I'm I think, not, a, I think a lot of it are volunteers. I think so. And then, you know, I think a lot of the league, I think most of the leagues handle kind of their own, they have their own kind of disciplinary thing, but it kind of all filters up to mm-hmm. mass hockey. So um, I don't know, man, it's just a, it's a, just a shame because, you know, they just, it's a poor example for the kids and I don't know. I know I wouldn't want to be a part of a team like that, or, you know, I wouldn't want my kid to be a part of a team like that. Like, you know, I, I had a meeting, I, same thing. I had a meeting with our parents, like start of the season. And I just said, you know, I don't tolerate any crap, especially from the parents. Like, you know, this is how I operate. This is how it's going to go. And I, I've, I probably within the first month, I sent several emails to the team, just, you know, reiterating at the very end of an email, I just say, and just remember, come to the rink, enjoy your time and like, just be a spectator and watch and cheer on our team and cheer on your son and, you know, and have fun. And it's been a pretty good ride so far, but I just feel like every time, especially the last several years, like once hockey season kicks off and then Twitter gets going, man. So, I mean, I I think that, I think that rink shrinks post has gotten a ton of clicks. So, yeah, no, definitely. You know, it, it's crazy that that, you know, that shit happens. You know what? Like, shout out to that that referee that had to go through that. You know, I wish her 
you know, the best and hopefully she get back out there and start doing because obviously she loves it, you know. Um yeah, you know, and, and those teams that she's that she's refing are those are good teams. You know, Lounge Lounge's daughter's teams are very good hockey teams, you know. Yeah. Spitfire is um, a great program at the girl at the girls' side. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it it it's sucky situation, but I mean I, I think again, like we were talking, Gordo, if you lay it out on the line before the season starts, it, it mitigates a lot of headaches down the line. Yeah. Well, you know, not to keep, uh, you know, talking about a sore subject. I figured we'd, uh, le- I figured we'd lead the podcast with that craziness for the week, but yeah. Um, I think I want to get into the Bruins preseason wrap up. I don't know about you guys. I, I do. But before we do, I just wanted to bring up our boy uh, that we had on the podcast recently, Scott Darling. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, just got announced. I don't know. Maybe we broke the news. I don't know. But <laughs> it's going to be doing the uh, pre and post game for the Blackhawks this season, which is pretty damn cool. And uh, so shout out to Scott. Congrats, buddy. You're going to crush it, Scotty. Well, we're yeah, we'll, congrats, we'll, man. Once we get that uh, Causeway King swag out, we, hopefully you can rock a little hat or something. Um, show some love out in Chi Town, but oh, it's awesome. And I hooked him up with a couple guys here in the area, some Boston comedian guys that I know that. So hopefully he's going to be coming out this way soon. He looks like he's been doing a lot of shows. Yeah. So fucking madman. I don't know how he. That's just crazy. So, because when you got twenty million dollars, you can do whatever you want. That's fucking true, man. That is true. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's let's get into the uh, tomorrow night, baby. Bruins time. Well, Go well time. before before we get into the the season opener, I want to talk about some of the decisions made by management and the coaching staff with some of the the waves that they the waivers that they put plays on and, and some of the guys that they sent down, which to me I I find a little surprising. Um. You know, Merrill, I'd I'd love to get your thoughts on you know the three big names that got waived um, just the other day: Felino, Wagner, Riley. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts and were those plays that you were expecting to see put on waivers? Um, so it's a little bit of a, uh, a it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, obviously for me. Um, but you know, trying to keep and, and follow everything. But from what I saw right before we came on the pod, I did see on our text chain. So Riley and Felino are back on the roster. They clear and they didn't report to Providence. So Wagner, Wagner got sent to Providence. Um, and yep, looks, I saw that. And, um, and Felino and um, Smith cleared. And it's sounding like they're going to be in the lineup. So, uh, Felino, Felino, and Riley. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw at least so they're going to be I, in the lineup. I saw some projected like lineups, um, and I saw Felino's name in there. So maybe he's going to be like a fourth liner. Um, I saw something. Oh, like, I, would... uh, I saw something like Greer, Coyle, and Smith. Maybe like third line. Yeah, and then, um, I... then Felino uh, and a couple of the younger guys on like a fourth unit. So. But Felino Nosa against the Nika, maybe. Um, so I Locko is that how you say his name? Jeremy Locko, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I obviously, you know, I'm looking at you know, we have our agenda list that we 
that we put together and stuff. And I put like my projected lines out there. Yeah. Um, uh, they're saying Hall's gonna be ready to play tomorrow night. Yeah. So that right there, you look at I, I look at the first line as DeBrus, Bergeron, and Hall. All right. Yeah. And then I you got the, so. which is the chip. Ban- which is bananas because two years ago DeBrusque was like on the trading block, like didn't want to fucking be here, and now he's on the first line. Like I, was and fucking, I and that was I, that was last year. And I just well yeah, but even the season before too, like he was just having like a tough season, and now all of a sudden he's on the first line. Like I don't, and he's still not. I mean, I think he showed a little sign of life last year, but I don't know. Whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold that one in my little pocket vest. Here they one. better, they better. I mean, these guys who all wanted, uh, who who all wanted uh, Cassidy gone, and and right before you know all this stuff happened, you know, with my wife and the baby and labor, like I, I was about to, I saw an article where Carlo was basically. You know, saying like, oh, you know, it, it, it's so great. Be, be, you know, the, our coach is more understanding. He's more, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but more diplomatic. And, you know, these guys, they better play for this guy. <laughs> I mean, because like I said, th- there's a little bit of a reputation around the league that, that some of these guys, you know, kind of, you know, uh, let them walk the plank here. Uh, and obviously they did. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious from, from just if you watch and follow the team, it was it was DeBrusque, it was Carlo, you know, it was, I know Cassidy was easy on the, or easier on the vets, but it, you know, it seemed more or less that, you know, if you read the decisions, you know, that Bergeron and, and Krejci made coming back, they didn't make those decisions official till Cassidy was gone. So, I mean, they, I think they're going to play for this guy, but the league is watching like <laughs> it's, it's there. They kind of don't have a great reputation around the league some of these players. Um, but I think they will play for, for Montgomery. And, uh, you know, I'm intrigued, really intrigued to see that second line. See Pasta, Krejci, and Zaka. I- I'm really intrigued by that. Well, let's, I, be, let's be real. That's, that's our top unit right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. you, when, I, when I sent this out, I didn't put them in any specific order. Um, but, like, I – Still am just baffled that Trent Frederick is still on this team. Same. Because he did nothing in preseason. Nope. <clears throat> Maddie McLaughlin, to me, was one of the better forwards consistently throughout the preseason. And that poor kid gets sent down. Yep. You know, but now you got Trent Frederick, who was in and out of the lineup last year as a healthy scratch. I have him penciled in on the fourth line with Greer and Nosek. Is he still on a two-way? Like, what would be the harm in sending Frederick down and let him – let him kind of have some success, score a few goals. You know, he's still young. Like, is he is he not on a two way? I don't think so. I'm not, I don't think he is. Well, that's well, that's freaking that's on Sweeney because let's be honest. Like, I'm not sure too many. I mean, do you think he's getting a two way or or a, or a one way from a lot of other teams? Like, I mean, I mean, if the kid had a 20 goal season or, or had a you know had a 40 point season, you say, well, you know, the kids flashed like. I would have given I would have given him a one way. I mean, maybe it was maybe it was a situation where he was. I'm trying to remember back in my you know back in my memory bank. Maybe it was a situation because of where he was drafted. They had to they had to sign him to a one way because it was restricted. But I mean, I haven't been impressed with him. I mean, Mark McLaughlin has shown more in freaking 15 games in the NHL regular season than this kid has in a year and a half. I think he has more goals in the 15 games he's played than Frederick Havis in his whole fucking career. 
Literally, I, I think Frederick's played in 82 games career, and I think McLaughlin has just about as many goals or, or close to it. Well, so. I, I think if memory serves me correct, he was he had a little stint there where he was playing well and he was fighting. He was kind of like that instigator type, and I thought he played that role not bad. I don't know if maybe the Bruins, that's not what they want out of him. I don't know. Um but he certainly hasn't done anything production-wise that, you know, like like Adam, you just said, I thought McLaughlin was a shoe in to be, you know, we talked about it um, in the live show. You know, I thought he did. And I, I you know, you had Montgomery singing his praises the whole camp. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, I thought he was right there to, to fit in that you know, kind of slide into that fourth line. It was, uh, who'd they have in, um, it was him, uh, during, um, during camp, it was McLaughlin, maybe Greer. And, uh, I forget who the other guy was. Was it Nosek? It might've been, I mean, but they had, they had a pretty good, they had a pretty good, uh, camp, like kind of an energy line. Like it, that looked pretty good. So, I mean, the reason why Frederick sucks so bad is because I'm just looking it up right now. He's a first round pick, and all the Bruins' first round picks suck besides Poster and McAvoy. Which fucking Cam Neely's, you know, bitching about, you know, he's, it was in the paper again yesterday. Like they're still giving him a hard time about that Marshall Merrill 2015 draft that Merrill, Marshall will never let that one go, baby. But. <laughs> He was saying, well, he was saying, hey, you know, we've we've made some mistakes, and people need to let that draft go. And it's like, that's a pretty tough draft to let go. Listen, it's a tough job, and you know, you're not gonna. There's plenty of first round guys that never fucking pan out. So you know, sitting on this end of it, where we're just kind of giving our opinion on stuff, and that happens all over the place. Like you know, every fucking team goes through this. You know, you you evaluate guys, you like them for whatever reason, and, you know, you pick them. And they kind of nearly made the point today, like, you know, well, they got Poster, I think, the year before in the 14 draft, right? And then – Oh, Shirelli, yeah. And then uh, who was the 16 um, – the other first rounder in uh, 2016, the year after the 15 that, draft? Was, uh, that was McAvoy. I I'm mean, sorry, that was Charlie McAvoy. Yep, so but they that- had- they had pasta the year before they had McAvoy. So they're kind of clinging to that. Like, you know, well, we picked those two guys and they're, you know, two of our better players. So, which I agree with. Um, Problem is they had like 10 all-stars go right after they made those three picks. And yeah, it literally not, not drafting better in 2015. You cannot convince me didn't cost them the cup in 2019. That's, that's the thing. If it was, any other draft, literally, no one would give a shit. In fact, they probably look at that differently and say, oh, Jake DeBrusque is a two-time 20-goal scorer. It's just the fact that that draft was the most talented draft probably since t- t- uh, 2003, Gordo, in Clance. If I mean, if you just look at the amount of players that came out of that 2015 draft, the only one that comes close to me in the last 20 years has been 03. And they basically – I mean – Zabora, let's see how he does. You know, I think he, I think he's got some real promise, but I mean, I mean, Matty Barzal would, or any, I don't want to even go, but you know what I'm saying. I, I don't want to 
baby, the horse has not only been beaten, it's been set on fire and, and turned into glue 10 times over. So, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's an, it's an intriguing, like just a lot of the stuff with, you know, getting rid of Cassidy and now you've got Montgomery here who I like a lot. I think it's great. Yeah, I, like, I do too. I like his personality. I like his demeanor and, you know, I mean, they said Cassie was played a in the league. Yeah. Well, yeah, he played in the league. Um, he was a hell of a college player. Obviously he played on those great main teams. And so, um, yeah, <clears throat> which I grew up watching and enjoyed. So always been kind of a fan of him, but, um, you know, I, I honestly don't see him that much different than Cassidy. I really don't. I, I like the Carlos and the DeBrusque and, you know, the guys that are pissing and moaning about, you know, the coaching, like, I don't know. I just don't see, I, I still feel like you said, Merrill, like these guys are going to have to play, man. Like they're not, they're going to probably get some opportunity, but you know, from what I had heard him saying, like, you know, we're going to do weekly evaluations and we're going to, you know, tell them when they're doing well and things they are doing well. And then we're going to tell them the things they're not doing well and the shit that they need to work yeah. on. So, which let me, I, let me ask I, you guys. Go ahead. No, I was going to no, say, no, go ahead, man. I just think it's, you know, that's pretty fucking standard. Right. So usually exactly. This is actually what I was going to piggy, piggyback to question that, you know, have you three guys give you two cents, but I mean, just from an NHL hockey fans perspective and what, you know, we all watch the league to a degree like is Cassidy. Is he, was he that much, more outrageous in, in, in any of than compared to like any of the other coaches in the league. Like, I mean, I can think of coaches who are way, who are way like more of a live wire and way more of a pain in the ass than, than Bruce Cassidy was. I mean, if, if they think Bruce Cassidy's hard to drive down to Philly, you know, Dean Evison in Minnesota, he's no, like, you know what I mean? Like this is kind of what it is. It's pro hockey, man. Some, this is Claude, this is Claude part Julian, of the deal. Claude Julian was here before. Like, hello. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know. I. I'll be honest. Like, I think a lot of the Bruins woes and like why I don't. I wasn't a fan is because you know some of the the players that they had in their lineup and the guys that they drafted like they just weren't an appealing fun team to watch for me. But I will say under Cassidy, from an offensive standpoint. I mean, I like the style of play that they, you know, I liked how they played, you know, some run and gun, very offensive. Um, I just don't think he had the horses, you know, and then Brask was kind of like, you know, I, everyone's a, you know, Tuku, Tuka Rask fan, but I just, you know, for me, I don't think he was that, he just didn't have that winning personality to just kind of like, you know, take over a series. I think he was just an ultra talented person, but he just didn't have that killer instinct. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. How's Vegas? What time's Vegas on tonight? Let's 10, see how they 30 Eastern time at least. Yeah, but so, uh, I mean, you got to also know, factor up. Cassidy was one of the only Bruin coaches to out outwardly speak about personnel and players openly. I mean, uh, we all heard through the grapevine the same thing that did not rub well with players. You know, nobody wants their coach out there talking to him. That's supposed to be a last resort thing to get their attention, not a yeah. usual conversation piece. And he definitely did that on the regular, opening right up about guys up or down. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, that's, that's pretty customary now still in the league. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's pro hockey. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, can you imagine <laughs> like, again, like we talked about Julian, like, like they, they brought in Cassidy. He was supposed to, you know, he's the, he was supposed to be more understanding and caring. And I mean, let, let's not forget. He was also the Providence Bruins coach. Um, so, so he had a history of developing players, but I mean, like, you know, it's still the NHL and guys are still expected to perform. And these guys are getting paid a lot of money and God forbid, like, again, you know, it, it rubs both ways. I could see it where, you know, you guys, Clance and Gordo, obviously you could speak to like, if a, if a coach is always riding your ass that just, you, 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 you know, it, you tune them out pretty quick. I think the thing with Cassidy was I think it became more regular. I think if a coach calls you out once in a while, I think that kind of keeps you on your toes. Like if it's not in his personality to do it all the time, you maybe you take it a little more to heart when he does. But I think maybe Cassidy's downfall is I just think he went to the well a little too often and guys were just guys just got sick of him. Yeah. Well, we're also we're also in Boston, man. Right? That's right. This is yeah. a lot of pitching and moaning. This is one of the toughest sports cities in the in the country. Like you know, between the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celts, the Patriots. I mean, all you have to do is flip on ninety eight five, and there's every team's getting scrutinized. You know, to the max. So that's just how Boston is, and you know, it's a tough place to play, man. The, the expectation to win is very high here. So I'm sure Cassidy was under a lot of pressure. Sweeney and Neely have kind of shit the bed, so to speak, for quite a while. And, you know, I'm sure some of that fell on Cassidy a little bit. Maybe he was kind of overstepping his boundaries a tad, but I don't know. I still don't think it was that was the the reason the Bruins haven't been successful because they were under him. They were winning. So, you know. Had to be something else that we may never know about. I guess it's going to, I guess it's going to be, we'll see how Montgomery does, right? Throw this guy in. I mean, it's essentially the same core group of guys. And, you know, if we got Carlo and, you know, DeBrusque bitching halfway through the season, I guess we'll know our answer. I saw they have 107 points and go to the five game seven last year. So that's a, if, if, if they don't at least achieve game seven, I will consider this season a failure, but go ahead, Clance. I don't mean to cut you off. I saw an article the other day. I, I forget who wrote it. It was a, um, you know, projected trade that could bring Pat, you know, just like a hypothetical trade that could bring Patrick Kane to the Bruins. What was the price? It was looking at like number wise, like what Kane's contract is like you could get rid of Carlo and DeBrus because that makes up like almost 9 million. Yep. And then throw in like a, a Frederick or somebody that's making like a, a little bit over a mil a year to make up, you know, what I think, I think Kane's like his base salary that he's getting per like for the season is like 2.9 million. And then the rest is all bonus money. Bonus, yeah. Um, But they were saying like, if you got rid of those two, and like I said, someone like a Trent Frederick or a Stanika who's making like a million dollars, if not a little bit more, that could help. Like that literally could be, an even trade for Patrick Kane financially. 
that yeah. would I mean you also have you've also got the pasta thing that's this that soap opera is just like I'm I'm hearing chatters of just north of 10 million per year. Where's yeah, every penny? I saw something today. Someone said uh um what was it? Uh oh my god. Now it's gonna kill my brain that I can't remember this. Um this brain fart brought to you by Fuse C B D. Yes, yes. Uh, who's the kid in Calgary that just signed that big ticket? Uh, Huberdo? Huberdo and Wego, yeah. right? Yeah. I heard somewhere in that ballpark, like eight years, like 10.5 mil. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So. Don, sign me up. Yeah, but when the hell, I mean, I don't know. I It's so weird. I, today I was thinking, I'm like, I feel like they only brought Krejci back just to keep Pasta shut up for a little while. That's exactly why they did, because that's what both of them wanted was to play with, with together. You know, Pasta grew up idolizing Krejci and then finally got the opportunity to play. You know, and now you add Zaka to the mix. I mean, the Czech connections are a real thing, boys. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But I feel like they are stalling on his contract. Oh, hardcore. But- I, I think it, it's trying to make it work financially and you know what pieces that they can afford to trade away for prospects to open up cap space um yeah you know but well, I mean, but, but everyone's well, dead. don't I mean, discount go ahead no i was just saying they were that was a hail mary just seeing like that whole that was part of i think getting rid of felino or trying to get rid of felino that was just a hail mary just to see if anybody would take that contract and i think the same with riley too but you could good. you could get rid of DeBrusque, Carlo, Smith, Felino, Riley, and open up a shit ton of cap space to bring in some younger, next generational talents. I wouldn't even care if you told me you, you could trade DeBrusque and Carlo right now, and we would get Patrick Kane. Yeah, think think of the guys uh, I just named, right? Gordo, Gordo waved named, for those of you that can't see. Uh, absolutely, I'd be all for it because one. How much of an impact is actually DeBrusque, Carlo, Smith, Felino, Riley? How much of an impact actually are they on a night in night in night out basis in the line? DeBrusque better have a minimum of twenty to twenty five goals by the end of this season. Is all What's I can their say. ceiling? I mean, I feel like when they were rolling in twenty nineteen, Carlo was a big part of that. Like he's he has to play. Like if he doesn't play well, especially with with McAvoy out of the lineup. As, as a right-handed defenseman, if he doesn't play well this season, they're cooked. Yeah, like, but seriously. He, he, you got to think with Omero. Back in 2019, when he was playing solid and was a difference maker on the ice, he wasn't fucking one hit away from being a vegetable that time. Now he is. Oh, he was two hits. Yeah, and now, now he's one hit. <laughs> it might have even been three hits at that point. Who knows? You know? And I mean, I, I, yeah. Yeah. So I mean now now you're thinking you know you talk about right hand defensemen. So what do they do? They they bring in Strawman uh, on a PTO. Today they come out and sign for a one year one million dollars. I'm yep. not gonna, I don't hate that sign. Not no. at all he's, because he's he's gonna fit in perfectly for a while while we need him, and then when the other guys get back and are healthy, he's gonna work into a part time job, and he's gonna make the easiest burger flipping money he's ever had in his life. Yep. Yeah. And well, I mean, he still has yeah. game to offer. Yeah. He's a he's a solid. I mean, he's a he's a journeyman. He's been what he played. He's up. He's up over like nine hundred games. Um, did he win a cup? Yeah, of, he's closing a thousand. He didn't win a cup though. I don't think with Tampa. 
I don't think so. I'm not sure. I know he went to the final with with the Rangers, I think, back yeah. in the day. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's a vet. He's been around for a long time. He's like 35, 36. So, I mean, he's definitely yeah. getting towards the tail end of things. But, I mean, for right now, he serves a purpose. So, Wait, when was the last time Tampa won the Cup? Two know, seasons ago. 2020, right? 2021, right? Yeah. Did they? Right, they didn't. They the didn't win in eighteen nine. So wait, right, no. So no, he. Well, they three No, eighteen nineteen was St. Louis. Then it was they beat Dallas, and then they beat. Uh, All right. Yeah. So he must have just yeah. missed it then. Montreal. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. You know who so he, he looks like? Him. You ever see the movie Con Air? Yeah. Cyrus yeah. the virus. Nothing makes me sadder <laughs> when the marshal lost his dude, bladder on the airplane. That's a great movie. I'm looking at his hockey DB right now, and he literally is Cyrus the Virus. He said Cyrus Skinhead the ball Virus. With a thin it. goatee and has yep. a serial killer look on his face. So yeah, the Bruins I'm signed kidding. Cyrus Strawman today, and the world rejoiced. Eyeglass <laughs> yeah. and out. The Adam Clancy reference. I love it. <laughs> That's yeah, a that know, right? That's a good one, baby. Speaking of movies and shows, going off the rails here for a minute. Off oh, the rails. Any, Are you gonna bring on House of Dragons? No, I don't watch that. Come on, man. Has anyone watched the Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix? I can't watch it. Oh god, yet, I I've seen a whole bunch of, it's uh, fucking really good though. I've heard memes, dude. It's seen memes. Un- They're great. No, it's an unbelievable show to watch. It, it's unbelievable. Who's the guy that the, the lead actor there that plays Jeffrey? Uh, oh, who the, the Connor McDavid lookalike? Because yeah. that's, that's that's the meme that everyone was sending out was pictures of Connor McDavid. Yeah, <laughs> I heard he was phenomenal though. It, it dude, it was an unbelievable show. I mean, anyone that hasn't watched, like they automatically assume like it's just gonna be like this gruesome like sick show. They don't show any of that. Like, oh, there's no? no like, there's no like, no scenes of him like literally chopping up people and like eating their hearts and eating their skin there's no like sexual stuff or anything like that it's just more of like his everyday life it's and, like, good wholesome he... family fun it's right? the psychological oh, yeah. part yeah it's more... exactly benny it's like more of the psychological part like his daily life like how he lived and like they would show parts of like it would basically be him leading up to him actually doing the act of killing and all that but then they would never show it gotcha um it's it's honestly it's a horrific story and the fact that like it's gives me goosebumps is even thinking about it but it's it's a very interesting story it they really is right? didn't they get him in jail oh yeah he got beat with a barbell Oof. yeah wolf yeah bueno it's uh it's it's crazy i mean it's i i would there's another part, uh, portion coming out another section coming out but it's more of like uh the live interviews with him while in prison and stuff and like his whole mindset dude it's it's honestly i refuse to watch it i I don't want to glorify that that piece of shit or anything that he stood for for me i mean hey listen i mean you know it's just as easy somebody could write it up as as fiction i I know i I, I actually, you know, back in the day, I, I read up on all this stuff like it is it is absolutely horrifying. I, I just feel like with enough shit in this world, we don't need to. We, 
personally, I don't, I don't want to see it. I mean, whatever people want to see it. That's great. Hey, you know, but for me, I just, you know, the guy's right. a piece of well, crap. Um, I'm glad he's dead. So then <laughs> I'm going right. to go fuck well, myself. Even bring that up. On that buzzkill. <laughs> no, all right. no, no. Well, it's okay. Now, now, now Gordo can tell us all about what, what's it? Game of Dragon Thrones? Is that what your, is that what your show is called? Right I, I don't, I don't have an ultra porn ID, so I can't see stuff like that yet, Gordo. So, I mean, I'm going to let you Fair handle enough. that one, all right? I'll, I'll give you the password. Don't worry. <laughs> it's great. I don't want that, but thank you. It's good, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> If you guys haven't watched, you guys aren't, you guys didn't ever watch Game of Thrones, though, right? I tried and I couldn't. Bro, I played Skyrim. I, that was the closest I got. Okay, I, I play. I watched the first season. Like, I watched like a couple episodes. Then I came back and watched a few more. And then I just gutted through the first season. And then once I got in after that, I just got hooked. And I think I jumped on the bandwagon like that final season. I think Barstool was posting like every other day about Game of Thrones and how fucking crazy it was. And so I was like, I gotta watch this fucking show. And then I ended up getting hooked. And th- this one's pretty good. Get you. This one's pretty good. It's it's the good acting. Um, I don't know. I need a well, little sci-fi in my life, man. Sci-fi isn't that show like literally ninety-five percent pornography at this point? Yeah, I mean that's good though. That is and good, it, but that it's that's a different genre completely. Yeah, there's some there's some murder, some death. It's it's got everything, man. It's got fucking dragons. Like, <laughs> get all your yeah, major you, food groups. It's great. It's, it's a good time. You know I, what comes I, out. I mean, I'd rather watch that than watch a thing about some dude that ate people. Just saying, like in real life, I don't know. Yeah, but that that is real life. You're watching a show well, about fire breathing dragons. Speaking of fucked up shit, have you guys heard seen this hockey Canada thing? Uh yeah, well, pretty much everybody. Super that fucked up. Oh, man. Everybody, they're all fucked up. Oh my god, major sponsors have said down. nope. And yeah, it's- so like Bauer backed out, Tim Hortons, Scotia everybody. Bank. Everybody. So they stepped down. Was that today? I saw. Yeah, the CEO and all the uh, board members today. It's like yeah. so. Literally, by doing so, nothing for nothing. But every single one of you are admitting that you're all pieces of shit and should be yep. investigated thoroughly. Who? I, I every mean, single one of them. Everybody that stepped oh. down. Every wow. single one of those board members. I want I to know how much money trade. they padded their pockets with and how many people's lives they've ruined. Let's find out together. I saw like six point five million dollars in settlements till uh, since like eighty nine, which I'm I don't even know if that's a that doesn't sound like a true number, but um, sounds kind of low to be honest. No, that's probably just per per settlement. Yeah, I kept seeing I kept seeing the thing. I mean, I see it on Twitter quite often where you know there'd be a post and then a bunch of people would chime in about something with the World Juniors one year or something and. They're like going through the whole goddamn roster and then guys that were on that roster that play in the NHL now were like, I wasn't there. I had nothing to be, you know, to do with it. It was a sexual assault. Yeah. It was a group sexual assault. Horrifying. And I guess the same thing happened in 03. So I remember uh, like the, the 03 team. So Carlo Koliakovo had a, came out like, or, or said something to the effect that he didn't have any involvement or, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just an awful situation. I mean, you think as hockey crazy as we are, hockey is is life up in Canada, um, and it's a huge. Like sometimes I listen to the TSN radio, and it's a huge deal up there. Um, and I mean, rightfully so. Like this is uh, you know, this is their 
their like Me Too, you know, Weinstein cover up yeah. uh, up there. So I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, there, there's definitely going to be heads that are that are going to continue to roll. I mean, there might be who knows? There might be criminal charges. I mean, it's just uh, I don't know. It, it's just an unsettling situation, and um, it's it's really. Uh, it's tough to see, you know, you don't, you know, it's, it's awful. You know, now I, I think, you know, I have a daughter now, <laughs> you know, just so you start thinking, of, thinking of it in those lines, it's uh, pretty unsettling. Well, it's their, it's the country's like home sport or team, whatever sport, you know? So they, it's like finding out the U S Olympic team is made of a bunch of monsters. Like that's not good. Can't have yeah. that. That's not a good look. No. So, well, I mean, it, it's similar to the gymnastic scandal, but that was just one guy. That was, um, oh, what's his face? The fucking team not, doctor. Not even worth remembering there. his name. That's why. No, yeah. not even worth remembering his name. But it, it's it's that type of scandal for Canada. So it's well, it just seems it, like it's the, a messed up situation. But the and then there was a kid from Tampa, the Ian Cole kid. I don't know if yep. you guys that's still one. under investigation. Yep. That is wild. He yeah, he that, suspended till the investigation story. is complete. Yeah, that one. And then there was the the Blackhawks kid there that was getting abused by the trainer and like. Yep. Yeah. Up shit going it, it, on, man. Holy shit. The the hey, Cole but, thing is weird because. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Mel. No, I was just gonna say on you know. Read, reading up on the Ian Cole thing, I remember seeing. So he he had an affair allegedly. Again, I'll throw that word out allegedly with a reporter for the Carolina Hurricanes, and she had like the husband, like the fiance, her fiance found out, called off the wedding. Like there's some there's some stuff, you know, nef- kind of nefarious things with him. I'm not sure if it's again. I don't know if it's anything close to this. I mean, they're investigating, but like. It's just, it's stuff, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of head turning, head scratch and stuff you're seeing nowadays. It's just coming out. And, you know, the, the troubling thing is, is like, is this, is some of this stuff real? Is some of this stuff not? Cause then like, you think, of, you think the flip side, you think of like the Duke lacrosse thing, right? Like how reputations and lives are ruined there too. So it's like, it's just crazy. I, I just feel like in the era we're living in, it's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty kinda, wild, it, man. It's just a kind of crazy time. Yeah, it but it, uh, but on a positive note, okay, Gordo, your boy Adam Gaudet is officially a dad as well. I know. Hey, just had a baby boy. The hey, other day. I was sad to see Toronto put him on waivers, and it looks like yeah. they're, they're sending him to uh, to the American League. But yeah, man, he's he's a good kid. So. I have a feeling he'll be back. I just don't think Toronto was probably the, you know, spot. I mean, you know, kid was a fucking hell of a college player and Hobie Baker winner. And, um, you he know, he was underestimated a lot in his whole career growing up. Yeah. I don't, you I know, mean, he's got a great, he's got a great story too. Very good story. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to him about coming on the pod. We're just trying to like work out some details and, I know he was, you know, going through training camp out there and stuff. So we were going to kind of wait till sometime down the line, you know, to try to get him on and, you know, but Hey dude, there's a lot more important things to life than, you know, and like I said, I, he, he's going to, I think he'll be back for sure. Um, you know, and now he's a dad, which is great. 
So, yep. little very boy, mo- very motivating yep. factor, as you boys all know. Yep, yep. He's, good. He's a good fucking guy, and his brothers are good guys. Great family. Mom and dad are awesome. So, um, you know, I'm ha- I'm happy for him. He seems very excited to be a dad. I know he's been talking about it quite a bit. So, um, yeah, we'll see how excited you are when you're waking up every two hours to give the kid a bottle. Yep, yep. Uh, have fun. Have fun. Uh, uh, I'm kids. already getting into that. Yes, you, think, you, you, think, you think training camp's hard? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Boys, it's getting to be seriously. that time of night. So let's go around the horn, make our final thoughts on this particular episode of Causeway Kings. And, uh, Merrill, we'll start with you since you're the new Papa Bear in town. Well, that's a that's a lot to look forward to there, uh, Clance. I'm going to have to take some uh, pointers from you. But, uh, you know, I just want to, again, you know, thank you guys for, for being so supportive. Uh, you know, Ben giving us a couple of iced coffees when literally we were running on fumes. I was running on fumes up for – you know, over 24 hours at one point. Uh, Would have brought your burgers just, uh, if you'd what an ex- Yeah, that's okay. I, dude, does it look like I've missed a meal if anybody's ever seen me? I, I, <laughs> I think not. Love you, buddy. <laughs> I think I need to do some intermittent intermittent fasting and, and among other things. But uh, no, really, guys, I really appreciate, you know, all the, the constant well wishes and, and prayers and, and, you know, everything, you know, has come – true in a, in a positive way um you know to, to cut to the the chase uh so basically what had happened i know i'd alluded to in a per, uh, previous podcast september 7th routine ultrasound uh my my wife um you know looked like even though she was unbeknownst to her she had a um in what's called an incomplete cervix led to her having to be hospitalized i thought the baby would come uh, you know, she would be born. She kept the baby from being born for four more weeks while, you know, she was 24 weeks at that time. She was able to get to 29 weeks, uh, and, uh, a, a couple days ago and, um, you know, missed out on my buddy's bachelor party. She told me I had to go to the wedding no matter what, went to the wedding, get the call Sunday morning at 2 AM that she's going into labor. Uh, she had been in labor for the past nine hours before that fly all the way back to the other side of the state and uh, was able to get there in time for the birth of uh, my, uh, my daughter, Violet Angela Marshall. I'm going to tell Clancy's uh, youngest to keep his hands off my daughter right now. Um, (laughs) Everything, every, everything is, is honestly great. Mom and, and mom and daughter are doing great. Uh, the people at South Shore Hospital are absolute miracle workers. Um, you know, they do God's work uh, in the NICU. And, um, you know, she's, she didn't want to be born on Christmas, so she's born really early, obviously. But she's doing great, um, breathing on her own and, and basically feeding on her own. They put a pacifier in. She's doing great. And uh, hopefully she'll be home, um, you know, in uh, mid-December, mid to late December is a great Christmas gift. So, uh, thank you for all your prayers. You guys, you guys are a great bunch of guys and, uh, uh, you mean the world to me and I can't wait to do a live show with you guys. Uh, I really you know, feel bad about missing out last week, but, uh, and oh yeah, the Bruins, the NHL starts by the way. Oh yeah. Great. So go Bruins. And, uh, you know, we'll find out a lot about <laughs> Such what we talk about with them, but, uh, 
Yeah, I didn't mean to make it all about myself, guys, but this is the one time I because this is probably the only kid I'm gonna have. So <laughs> live it up, buddy. Thank you, guys. Congrats, bud. Thank live you. It Thanks. Up. <laughs> Merrill Marshall, ladies and gentlemen. Proud father. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> Clance, how could you follow that up, man? You can't, man. That it's Merrill, you know, obviously, you know, we're all brothers here. We're always gonna be here for you. We cannot be more happy for you and you know, it, it's just even better knowing that mom's doing great and the baby girl's doing great. Um, I'll start trying to have that conversation with my kids about leaving her alone, but I'm not going to lie. They're just, they're just <laughs> like their father. <laughs> uh, well, so, let's, let's, well, uh, yeah. Godspeed, Merrill, Godspeed. You know, but uh, no, it, it's, it's amazing to add an, add another member to our crew, you know, um, so we're very ha- very happy for you and Katie, and also happy belated anniversary to you and Katie. Yeah, you man. guys just celebrated marriage anniversary yeah. a couple days ago. <laughs> so, oh yeah, wasn't that way, on the actual birthday? Was that the same missed day? Missed it by twenty one minutes. Missed uh, it by twenty. She was born eleven thirty nine Sunday night. Just yeah, I mean, <laughs> wow. Sorry, right. she gets her own day. She doesn't have to be tied up with. Uh, with mom and dad's special day, but you know, it, it's a, uh, what a, what an unbelievable 72 hours. Let me tell you, but <laughs> no, I, I clean, so I'm going to cut off your, uh, your final, your uh, final word here. Well, so go ahead. I'm looking, I'm looking forward, ways. Meryl, to, you know, when you're going to get one, yes, to do a live in-person show with you. Cause you missed the first one, obviously, right. but getting on the ice with you now that I'm cleared to start skating again. We gotta have a Hell causeway yeah. night. I'm, we got I'm to looking forward to that, man. So with hopefully with his new wheels, be fucking buzzing <laughs> out there. Fucking to, buzzing. Yeah, absolutely. Je- Goto, jealousy's not going to look good on you, pal. It's Goto. okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I I am beyond pumped that um NHL season is up. The actual the Rangers uh, Lightning game just wrapped up. Rangers took that one down three one. Zabinajad had two goals. Uh, now you got Vegas and LA on right now, and you know the Kings have their fucking house of mirror helmets on so it, it's like a goddamn disco ball on the ice right now it's terrible but the only thing that would make it worse is if, go- if vegas wore their gold helmets oh thank god they didn't i just but, love that bill kessel's there that's all right bill the thrill and he's yeah, looking maybe. thinner than ever before that gold yes. bucket Eating street meat and scoring 30 <laughs> i don't even know they what put, you just uh, said that was they put, great they put hot dog decals on his helmet out there yeah he got, he got, he got, they got like the hot dog uh, sponsors because of uh, Phil the Thrill. Oh my God. But uh, no, I, I'm pumped for, for our next live episode. Um, pumped for the Bruins season. You know, maybe they'll surprise us all and get some shit going before the, uh, the heavy hitters get back in lineup. But awesome to be on with you guys. Um, happy fifth birthday to my firstborn, Jack Francis Clancy. Jackie uh, boy. Just, uh, it's, Still, it's just amazing. So, Meryl, when you get when your daughter starts turning one, it's just there's nothing better than celebrating your kids' birthdays and seeing the joy on their face. I can't wait, man. I can't wait until, uh, you know, my dreams are going to be her dreams. I just want to make them, you know, just do everything I can for. And I just hope to God she likes hockey because that'll. uh... But, you know, if she doesn't, hey, it is what it is. You start whispering that in her ear now, pal. Yeah. While she's in that NICU, man, yep. you start whispering those sweet nothings into her ear about hockey. Yep. 
She's already got a pair of Bruins uh, shoes, which she uh, which she gets old enough to get out of here. So uh, well, I'm gonna try and get her on the ice early and see if she loves it. Like you it. gotta you gotta do what I did, man. I I just uh, ordered the uh, the mat the family matching Bruins pajamas. Ooh, nice one one for me, one for the wife, and one uh, for each boy. I like that. Oh, there that's awesome. Fuck yeah. That's the gift that's that great, keeps man. on giving, Clark. Hell yeah, baby. Gormo. Don't you go fall in love with her when I leave here next month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was a uh, great to be back on. It's, it, you know, I can't wait to get back on to uh, do another episode of My Two Ferns with the boys. Get Meryl in the mix. That's <laughs> uh, really what it's going to be, too. Yes. Kane Watch 2022. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I'm hearing uh, probably nothing moving till March, but Clancy, I think you might get your wish, buddy. Showtime in the Big Apple, dude. Uh, the Rangers look good tonight, too, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, parents out there that have smarting the fuck up. Boo! Yeah, yeah. smarting the fuck Absolutely up is right, man. Get your shit together, yeah. USA Hockey. Let's fucking get on this one. And um, you know, yeah, that's it, man. I'm freaking. Another uh, another pod down. I'm I'm sounding less and less stupid every time I come on with these but hands. With my hands, I'm I think <laughs> I figured out what to do with them. And uh, yeah, man, I'm pumped up for the Bruins. Um, and then I was thinking today, like, who you guys got from the finals? Who's gonna win the cup this year? Oh my god, I haven't even seen a whole all the teams play yet. Who cares, dude? I'm uh, not gonna lie, man. Pick it's your First of all, hold on. Before we all sign off, did anyone see the Stanley Cup ring? Yeah, stupid. rings from Cup. It's just stupidly insane, Dude. unbelievable. Yeah, they open it up and it's like the video of yeah. them playing, winning. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, unreal. Yeah, yeah, jealous. Wow. Yeah, right. it's yeah a lot of ice on uh, a lot of ice on those fingers. But I, if I had to make a, are we doing Cup champs or just Cup prediction? Because you know. Yeah, cup. Let's go. Who's going to win the cup this year? Or who's going to be the final matchup? Oh man! Then we can then back uh, and pull the video, and one of us is right, and <laughs> someone go, must be right. I'll go Rangers. I'll go Rangers win the cup. They beat the Oilers in seven games. Yeah. Ooh, baby, I like that pick. Wow. Yeah. I'm okay. gonna go. I I heard Biz fucking threw this one out the other day, and I I kind of like it. I'm gonna go Calgary. Western Conference champs. I think they're going to win the cup this year. I, don't know. Tour, I, I still don't think wow. Edmonton. I still don't think Edmonton's quite there yet. And Calgary looks pretty fucking good. So, wow. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a team out of the West this year. Hmm. That it, West and Canada. Canada well, hasn't and won the cup. Here's who I think Clancy pick. Just because I saw it came, it came online today, the fucking Mullet Arena, baby. Arizona Coyotes. I feel like I, I feel oh like they, my. <laughs> that would be so amazing if this was Arizona's year. If this was their year. Oh my. Oh my I, God. Will, I will say the fucking rink looks pretty fucking sweet. It's though. sick, dude. It's pretty Timmy, sick. Timmy Lovell had a video up on his Instagram today of like the so, first like practice. Yeah. It looks unreal, dude. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, boys, this has been a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for joining, as always. And to our folks out there listening and watching, thank you if you're finding us from the Abington Cam Network. We will be back 
live on public cable access TV with another episode coming up soon. I think once or twice a month. We'll see how that works out. And, of course, streaming online on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network. And as always, boys, let's end this on a high note, shall we? Let's Let's go, Let's go, Bees!